Welcome to Never End the Story, a rewatch podcast where we watch the movies of our childhood, along with Tepper, a grown man who's never seen them before. I'm your host, Ivan, a man with no name. I'm Chris. I'm a rider on the storm. I'm Connor, and I have the worst superpower. I'm Shauna, and today I learned that though you can make your bed of worms, you cannot lie in it. And uh, I'm Tepper. The beatings will continue until morale improves. This week we will be watching Beetlejuice, directed by Tim Burton, released in 1988. Beetlejuice was the first DVD sent out on Netflix in 1998. Huh. Shauna brought us this movie. Why? Alright, so... This is a bit of a different reason than we usually bring movies, but uh, this movie instigated, like, a midlife crisis when I was eight or so, um, and not in a good way. It, it made me experience existential dread for the first time, and I spent, like, a week thinking about my own, my own mortality. Um, like, not in a fun way. It was actually kind of depressing, uh, and this movie had a big impact on that. Wow. Yeah, and that's, it's unexpected, because, like, this movie isn't supposed to have that kind of tone. You you categorized a lot of that with, but not in a fun way. Like, those aren't fun, like, a midlife crisis <laughs> and existential yeah. dread, neither of those are fun. I suppose they could be, like, cathartic. Why, but... you don't want to, like, spend a weekend experiencing existential dread for fun? <laughs> I want to, like, plan that in advance. Yeah, you guys want to go out to Joshua Tree and try some existential dread? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, hey, Dave, what were you up to this weekend? Oh, well, you know, I was thinking about my mortality and uh, experiencing existential dread. <laughs> existential dread is a great sequel name for a dread movie. Oh, I was going to say, like, the role-playing game <laughs> dread. Like, the addition uh, to existential dread. That would be uncomfortable. Pull this Jenga piece to see if you get out of bed this morning. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Aw. Uh, but, like... Uh, subsequent watches of this i had fun watching but my first watch yeah it it started something that wasn't great all right again i had fun watching it the second time around all right hope you enjoyed the episode join us next time (laughs) 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 uh does anyone else have a personal connection to this film this is another one of the many movies I watched too much as a child, but it was one of those ones I only really watched around Halloween because we didn't own it, and that was when it was on TV. But I loved it every time. It was one of the best parts of like it being Halloween time for me was I could watch this movie on TV and have to deal with commercials every 15-20 minutes, which was not the most fun, but I had fun with it. I liked this movie, and it made me really happy. It reminded me of like Adam's Family and stuff like that, which I was really into. Yeah, I um, I grew into like a gothy edge lord, but I I definitely <laughs> like I was never um, confident enough to be that as a kid. But my sister was, uh, and this was one of her like this Adam's family, um, Casper, like all the kind of like young, edge lordy death movies, uh, were much more her thing. So I watched it a lot, but I don't think I realized how much of an influence it had on me until I watched it again as an adult. I had a really big, like, obsession with, like, death as a child, and I think, like, this movie and, like, The Addams Family were a really big part of that. Did 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 anyone watch the cartoon? Yes. Yeah, I've same. seen scenes, so I'm sure I've seen, like, some episodes, but that's about all I recall of it. Yeah, I've seen snippets of episodes. It was on global TV.
in the 90s, so I remember seeing it. I only remember one part of one episode, mm-hmm. but I do remember watching it regularly. Uh, I definitely saw the film uh, on TV with nice commercial breaks. Uh, yeah. It was entertaining, but I think I only ever saw it like once, so I never really got a chance to enjoy it. All right. We are now showing Tepper the movie poster for the first time. Tepper, what do you think this movie's about? Okay, so I guess, like, note, I've seen a couple scenes from this movie. Um, I think it was on... Which scenes? Um, It's been a long time, so it's, I feel like I'd make a mess of it if I try to describe them. Oh, please do. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a no-judgment zone. This is a safe space. You know that, Tepper. Come on. Um... So I'm trying to recall exactly, but I think, like, the couple in the movie dies in, like, the opening. Um, Again, like, a lot of these scenes I saw out of context, and I wasn't really, like... I was just kind of going through the living room, and the movie was on, and I think, like, my mom was watching it. Uh, I never had any interest in it. And then, like, obviously, like, I recognize Beetlejuice. Like, I've seen him in the movie before. Um, And just, like... Yeah, just, like, the only thing I can remember from it are just, like, random images, really, with no context or order to them, and it just being a very, um, weird movie, and, um... Weird as a soft Yeah, word. yeah, like, I'll say, like, bizarre, and, yeah, like, what I saw didn't really interest me, uh, in fact, it kind of made me go, like, okay, that's a movie I don't really want to watch ever, um... Haha! and look at me getting dragged along uh yeah so this movie so yeah uh the poster has at the top in this house if you've seen one ghost you haven't seen them all uh michael keaton is beetlejuice uh the name and laughter uh from the hereafter and then it's got uh a giant beetlejuice uh sitting on a house i remember the house from a couple of the scenes i saw um there on either side of him is a woman in a wedding dress and on the right is a guy in a suit with his head being held in Beetlejuice's hand his head is actually physically separated from his neck and then there's like just a bunch of random things in the house and then at the bottom are three small figures looking up at the giant house and the giant Beetlejuice um this poster uh, has something to do with the afterlife. Looks wacky, probably like a slight comedy. Uh, involves death for sure. Uh, like I said, I'm pretty sure the couple in the beginning of the movie, which are the ones on the left and right of Beetlejuice, die. Um, I think it had something to do with a car, but I can't remember exactly. And then Beetlejuice probably comes and starts ruining their afterlife. All right. He seems like the kind of guy to do that. Um, who's the main character? Um, so I'd probably say, like, like, Beetlejuice probably has a major role in the film, but probably, like, the two characters the story centers around are the, uh, the couple, the woman and the guy. Alright, and with that, we'll see you after the film. My whole life is a dark room. One big dark room. And we're back. So, what did everyone think? Um, 
It was thoroughly all right. Care to elaborate? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I was gonna. I just wanted, you know, just to give people a chance to call me a heretic. Um, <laughs> we already know you're a heretic. Like, I think you've heard it enough over the past like week of us still berating you about that. Yeah, the trying to bully me into liking it more. Um, yeah, like uh, I, I, I liked it. I didn't love it. I'm not even close to, like, love. There were a couple parts where I was just kind of bored. Um, not, not, I don't even think, like, it's not even, like, a bad movie. It just wasn't, like, my kind of movie. Um, Aesthetic-wise, look-wise, camera work, like, sets. Um, it really felt like there was nothing I could, I really noticed about the uh technical aspects of the film that i didn't like in fact that was really good um a lot of those parts um i guess there were just like a couple points where the movie was like a little slow um and yeah i just wasn't it didn't like really capture me in in a in a deep way so there were just a couple points where I was a little, little bored. Um, like the last quarter of the movie, though, was very good. I really enjoyed the last quarter of the movie. I would agree with you. Like it is kind of slow to set up everything, and yet I'm also entirely uncertain what I would cut out or replace. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Where it's um, like as much as I call it slow, at the same time, like a lot of the stuff in the first half first three quarters of the movie make the last quarter of the movie as good as it good as it is because like i was really into like the last part of the movie um but the uh yeah there it was just pretty damn slow in the uh first part um i mean it does take place over five months yeah yeah like i said well put together movie I see why you guys love it so much. Like, like I can really understand why people really like this movie. Um, just not really my movie. Like, I'm glad I watched it, but it's not something... Like, if somebody was like, hey, you want to watch Beetlejuice? I'd be like, no, let's watch something else. Um, <laughs> we get it. You're more of a Rockadoodle fan. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, rock. that's still the only one where it ended and you were like... Fuck, that was great. I mean, we've already discussed this like three times now regarding Rockadoodle. Oh yeah, and no, my no, subsequent just... yeah reevaluation of it. Um, in context, it makes sense why I was excited about Rockadoodle, but yeah, like I said, once I once I like broke it down some more and had some more time to think about it, uh, I realized it wasn't as good as I thought it was. Uh. Like, I would say Beetlejuice is a better movie than Rockadoodle. We'll get to that. You know, uh, it's funny. I didn't actually like the last quarter of the movie. Really? Yeah, I didn't I didn't really like the Beetlejuice portion of the, the storyline. I was actually going to say, so Beetlejuice is featured in 17 and a half minutes of this film. I think that's too much. <laughs> I... I think I would far more enjoy a movie that is just Lydia and her ghost parents. Yes, I agree yeah. with that. 
Like I was I was liking the storyline of the two ghosts just trying to figure out how to haunt their house. Like without Beetlejuice, I would have just enjoyed this movie more. And also adopting a human daughter. Yeah. Yeah. I actually really like that part. I I agree and also disagree. I think this movie would have been stronger without Beetlejuice. Like I think if this was just a movie about them haunting the house and and having like a human daughter 100% agree I would have liked that more uh saying that because Beetlejuice is in this movie um him kind of taking on I guess like a semi like antagonistic role toward the end and then them like trying to kick him out of the house uh kind of like that like making a deal with somebody you don't truly understand um I enjoyed the last quarter of the movie for that, like having that more solid antagonist and kind of having stakes to it. Um, but like if, if I was, if somebody said like, we need you to redo this movie, I would just cut out Beetlejuice entirely. I do like how Beetlejuice's scenes, like every single one of them actually made me uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. Like I know I didn't realize this as a child, but, like, I also hated him back then, and I didn't know why. As an adult, very aware of why I hate everything he does. Yeah, he's a creep. Yeah, he's very good at being a creep. He was actually much worse in the original script when this was a horror movie and not a comedy. Ooh. Oh, I want to see that one. But, yeah, he's he's an awful person. <laughs> like, absolutely horrible. <laughs> Oh, really? Treacherous and looking up women's yeah, skirts, yeah. kissing them without their consent. The, the, like, first scene when he's interacting with, like, the, the couple, like, I was like, oh, this is going to be the worst scene in the entire movie. And, like, it was, but it was not by as far of a margin as yeah, I thought it was so, going to be. So one of the scenes that I remember from years and years ago when I saw this was the scene where he shows up. And I remember I didn't like him because he was kissing a dude's wife. And every like both actors were clearly like like both characters were like why why are you like stop it like stop being a fucking perv, um, and yeah he's just like he's very good at being an awful character. How how old is Lydia supposed to be? Well, she's in high. She's school. in high school. I don't think older than sixteen. Okay. Yeah, because good goth age. He is gonna marry her to come back to life to not be trapped in his civil service job oh, okay okay um how do or the, in how, the, house. how the hell do the two. rules work like you have to marry an alive person but they can be 16 so thinking about it, that's one of the issues i probably kind of have with this movie is that they explain the rules to an extent except for the parts where they don't and they just kind of go whatever like like you know what i mean like they've got this handbook and like good idea on that because that lets these new characters kind of explain the rules of the afterlife yes good awesome uh but then there's a whole bunch of parts where um like the world does like they, the movie doesn't explain the rules to the audience and just kind of wings it and and i don't think so it wings that, it i think that's the whole joke that like the rules there are these rules but they're like they're bullshit like yeah i guess they're, they're unreasonable i don't think it's ever even established that saying his name again three times gets rid of him 
it just happens in the one scene. It's never established. Yeah. Uh, it's also never established that saying home three times uh, would have brought them back home, but that worked too. If, yeah. if they said Adam three times, would he have, like, come back out of the tiny car? <laughs> <laughs> and I guess uh, Beetlejuice's name rule has a reset time, because uh, Lydia says it twice. And then they stop her from saying it a third time. And then a little while later, she has to say it three times again. Yeah, it's per downtime scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say. It's, a... <laughs> it's per scene yep. transition. Which is actually a good thing. Like, that would really suck if just, like, if someone says it two two times and then, like, ten years later you just <laughs> say the name once. <laughs> and you have no idea what's going on. Yes. Uh, so, wasn't, yeah, I wasn't hugely into the movie. Um... I have to say, uh, the sets look so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, very Burton. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched any of his other movies, really. So None of them? Well, There's no way that's true. We've got plenty of Halloween material now. <laughs> uh, so, like, to give you some, like, some backstory, there's, there's a guy I knew in high school who was hugely into Tim Burton. Uh-oh. To the point where it turned me and like like off of those movies, just because this got like oh Tim Burton's so good Tim Burton this oh I watched the Tim Burton movie above like he wouldn't shut the fuck up about them, and uh, yeah he this guy wasn't like a pleasant dude to be around, um, so I just never had any interest in Tim Burton movies like I know of them like I know some of them I'll be honest with you I really like Tim Burton most of his movies are not great. Yeah, uh, he's always struck me as somebody who got got a style which worked for a while, but he doesn't know how to do anything else. It works for some movies, but then he tries to put it in like almost every yeah, movie. Yeah, and that's what I mean is he's incapable of branching out from this thing that he established. So, yeah, I've never like like I've known of Tim Burton and like his more critically acclaimed films, but I've never enjoyed or like sat down and really watched his stuff i think he did sweeney todd right yeah yeah so i wa- yep. I watched like half of sweeney todd at a party one time didn't like it um but anyway that this is digressing just given some like why i've never been like a huge tim burton fan he has a very particular aesthetic uh and that's that's his only thing uh, he yeah. deviates from it a couple times like um, Dumbo is definitely gonna be that uh, big fish, and like um, oh yeah, Planet of the Apes, the fish. Planet of the Apes between this new reboot and the original. That was something. Yep, this is this is like the height of his power. You know, it's before <laughs> he, the he struck the soul pact with um, Johnny Depp that that he would have to be. And Helena yep. Bonham Carter. There are two other actors in the world. It's, <laughs> it was before they started like wearing vials of each other's blood or whatever, you know. Well, this was this this was the start of his brief uh Keaton fetish. Ah, true. He was testing out uh, a <laughs> <Yeah>. new muse. <laughs> Will you be my Oh my god! Will you be my Johnny Depp? I I can just imagine these actors like sitting in in darkened rooms doing like blood rituals. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh set wise, I guess we'll go go into that because that's something I really enjoyed. Uh, house 
is beautiful. The town is beautiful. Um, Everything in the house is like it's, yes. Um, the model of the the town that keeps showing up, like amazing. It's just so competently all put together. Um, like, and that's when Tim Burton is really good is that he, he, he employs practical effects really well, but he also uses them to tell the story fantastically. And, yes. And, and that happens in this movie. Because I really liked how the table wasn't just this cool thing to kind of like show part of the character, like, like the character of the husband, but was also like a plot thing where they're getting teleported to and from the the model uh the model town and then you know he drives the model truck which like well and it's their model town like only they get to have it in their secret room and then the um what are they the deetses when they do their business pitch at the end like steal it and take it downstairs into their yes. new shitified uh crazy modern house that no one could live in yeah and I loved the the close-ups of the miniature town, like when they shrunk in and were in that little town. Oh, when they dig the grave and they're digging up like yeah. cardboard and foam. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, so like that was, um, yeah, like the house is absolutely incredible. And even like when they go into the afterlife, the way like the like the um, the spirit services place is set up, like the weird geometry and. Like, oh, they open up, like, the one thing. It's like, oh, that's, like, the the lost souls when you die, when you're dead. And um, and one of the rooms was for dogs. Yeah, like a waiting room. <laughs> I was really excited about the dog door. There are dog ghosts, guys. Well, that's very well established in the Burton verse. Ghosts? True. This was pretty early in the Burton verse. And then like the the mail room and just the way they have everything set up is uh, I thought was was really uh, a visual uh treat for sure to to look at and I think holds up pretty well too like even some of the stop motion stuff I thought like like you can tell it's aged but or how how would I say it? like you can tell it's old but it doesn't feel aged kind of yeah like, it still looked like, I was like, oh, yeah, no, like, because it fits the aesthetic of the movie so well that even though, you know, you can, you know, you can tell its age, it still looks good. It still uh, works within the um, the movie. Uh, also, her riding the sandworm through the door at the end. <laughs> A plus. Love it. Perfect. Yeah. Well, she rose to power with the Fremen and it, be, be, you know became the prophet of dune so she was able to ride the sandworms back and i think it had to do with the fact that he'd also been to like saturn before and met the sandworms and everyone hates beetlejuice so she was just like yo i know this dude named beetlejuice and he was like fuck that guy and she's like right he's the reason all the sandworms are are pinstriped like beetlejuice <laughs> so on the question of how old Lydia is I don't know I still don't know how old Lydia is but I know Winona Ryder was 17 at the time oh so oh wait that oh whatever her age was that's Winona Ryder oh wow I I, I didn't look at the actor list so I just didn't think huh your favorite character you'd said or best character so far like I I, I, I would say she's still my favorite character oh yeah she's great she's my hero like I find I find she really brings that like 
movie together. Um, because, like, I like the husband-wife, but I felt like the daughter had, like, the majority of the character to her, kind of. Who who do you think is the main character? Like, your prediction was um, the man and uh, wife. Yeah, um... I would Which isn't really untrue. No, yeah, but, uh, like, I, there's something going on with Lydia, too, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, it's definitely their dynamic that's the main f- the main purpose of the movie, which is why you could just take out Beetlejuice and it would still be the same movie. Yeah, uh, so I would say... I would say it's, um... It's all three of them. Because, like, the husband-wife are, like, the core of the movie. Like, their struggle is... We died, and these people have moved into our house, and we don't... They're tearing it up, and we don't like them. And we need to get rid of them. And then, um... Uh, Lydia is, I would say, the other protagonist. Because she has her own struggle of... Her parents are... Well, we'll talk about that soon. And... Then she becomes friends with these two ghosts. And they both are kind of, like, fulfilling things for each other. She's uh, way spoopier than any ghost. So edgy. <laughs> She's not afraid of sheets. It's true. She is the best. Also, like the black <laughs> veil she like wore at dinner. Like I was like, and when writing her suicide note. Yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> and her dad's kind of like, "We'll make you a dark room in the basement." He's yeah. Your whole life is a dark room. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's very supportive. He's he's like he's an okay dad some of the time, except when money is gonna tempt him so yeah so i would say it's like those those two are the uh protagonists of the uh movie i and and i would say i expected beetlejuice to have a much bigger role in this movie uh because everything like usually when i've seen this movie on tv like i guess like i was really unlucky because i would see the beetlejuice scenes (laughs) uh and also the fact that the movie has his name on it um I definitely expected him to have more. So, like, when it was... It wasn't till like, the last quarter, third of the movie that he really started showing up, uh, which was a surprise. But I de- let's let's get to the to the family that moved in, because they're, uh, they're interesting. Go ahead, Connor, if you want to open up. I hate the stepmother. <laughs> I... She is very close second for worst character in that movie and she's only beat out by beetlejuice because he's so perfect at being a creep uh dad doesn't matter he's not important he likes birds but also really sucks he's kind of just lackluster who the father yes he was an okay guy and then he was not an okay guy and that and then he was a great guy how do you feel about the remora on the shark of um of of delia the art uh, stepmom Otho, her like her like sidekick. The guy that lives with them. I think he does live with yeah. them. <laughs> okay, I'm like... certain he doesn't use doors like that. No, what? that's that's a that's a, that's a superstition. Luck. That's like you should go in the door of a house you just uh, bought. Yeah. The fuck. During during the film, you said you think he's their counselor. I almost said that I'm pretty sure he's their pet. <laughs> I also like really like the guy that was just like I've lost a lot of money because of this woman over the years. Oh, her art agent. Yeah, I've been her agent for a long time, and I've lost money the whole time. In the final scene, she's on the cover of art 
in America. Well, like the scarring moment with Beetlejuice obviously turned her into a good artist. Yeah, well, that's because she could car- she could make things that she had actually seen that weren't just garbage. She could make Tim Burton sculptures. Exactly. <laughs> she has a illustrious career ahead of her sculpting things for Tim Burton. Yeah, and actually, like, one person who I really didn't like was the real estate agent. She's aggressive. <laughs> yeah, so predatory. <laughs> she claims she was family. I don't know how literal that is. Like, I was I was kind of hoping that she would get some, like, karma dispensed at the end. Because, like... That's not how this movie no, works. No, I... Cutting their brakes. <laughs> Lydia coming home just puts a pipe bomb in her car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I picked, up the, I picked up the paints, I took pictures of the new town hall, and I blew up your sister. <laughs> no, she just finds a fluffy little dog and lets it out. <laughs> and, then it, and then it cuts to like the real estate agent driving by the bridge <laughs> yep <laughs> that would be uh that'd be beautiful man i want that ending uh so that's not like we all know because we've uh most of us anyways have driven in canada like if there's an animal on the road you don't you like you you, you gotta hit it or you'll die and yep. yeah, you keep they teach driving. you that in, in driving class. You don't I swerve mean, out yeah. of the way for little fluffy dogs, especially on a covered bridge. You only swerve out of the way for like deers I, and I bears. I was going to say, well, and moose. Yeah. Yeah, like anything that'll destroy your car. If it's uh, like a dog, more like kill you. you. Yeah, like a mo- if you hit a moose's legs, their body goes through you. A, <laughs> yeah. a dog can still fuck up your car, like, uh, you know. Um. Yeah, because but... you're going damn fast if you can't swerve out of the way safely. But like they're on a covered bridge and that dog's tiny. Like I'm sorry, you gotta kill that neighborhood dog, Alec Baldwin. To be fair, it was the husband who I guess cannot drive because he needs his wife to drive him to the to the town. So he just reaches over and swerves the car for her. She knew what she was doing and was gonna just ram through this dog. Or like break. Yeah, or break. <laughs> But no, the husband killed them both because he can't drive and decided to drive in that instant. Yep, they died by drowning. So they technically should have been wet for the entire film, but Tim Burton didn't want to do that to them. Afterlife is different for everyone. It's a pretty lucky death. Like, there was one guy, he died by a shark and just had to drag that shark around with him. <laughs> a guy died, like, there was a snake in his sleeping bag. He, just, he has to stay in the sleeping bag with the snake. There's the guy who choked on a chicken bone. Yeah, oh, and the man. shrunken head guy. <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts of this movie when yeah, I was young and yeah. now. Like, all the, oh, the flat guy. Oh, man. <laughs> I like the magician's assistant, because, like, that's kind of, like, really cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, she's just sawed in half. Was she blue because yeah. she lost all her blood? Probably. Yeah, I think so. I think she was blue because Tim Burton. Yeah. Like, the the uh, Miss America girl was also, like, greenish, and she just slit her wrists and became a civil servant. I believe she was Miss Argentina. It doesn't matter. She's dead. True. <laughs> yeah, apparently all the civil servants are suicide victims. Yep. It is mm-hmm. established through a joke. It was more heavily mentioned in the original script, apparently. Like, they have a whole pulley system for people who have hanged themselves. Or or gone under large things that will flatten them. Yep. Yeah. I really kind of like how subtle they're helpful. They're, they're like, 
assistant lady is. Janet. Like her, she slit her throat. Yeah, she yeah. she slit her throat. So when she smokes, smoke comes out of the <laughs> hole in her throat. And Beetlejuice very poorly hanged himself. It is briefly mentioned somewhere. Huh. He did it very incompetently and painfully. Yeah, that that caseworker was kind of fun too. It's just like, hey, coach, <laughs> I'm not your coach. <laughs> he lived. Go downstairs. I don't. I don't not think we. Coach. I don't he think survived. we survived. Yeah, I don't think we survived the. The crash, you think? Or I can't remember the exact like wording. Uh, I'm curious how all the skeletons killed themselves, such that they're skeletons. They've just been working for a long time, maybe. That I, that are vats of acid. They they seem to have a hierarchy where the more flesh you have, the higher up on in the command chain you are. <laughs> Otho was pretty bad too. Like, okay, uh, I'm going to like read from this book possessing supernatural power that i don't fully understand to bring these two people back to life and i don't know how to stop it well not to life well whatever was exactly going on but like like a seance yeah he just wanted to force them out but he was actually exercising them which was a great pun from beetlejuice yeah looks like looks like they've had enough exercise (laughs) uh and it's like now okay uh oh no stop it uh, I can't. It's like, fucking idiot. I mean, he doesn't know how to change a tire. Well, he's awful at everything. Like, he's just this sycophant, like, hanger-on uh, to the rich yeah. and famous who, who, who like, says he can do anything but can't do anything. I love how Beetlejuice manages to scare him away, though, just by, like, putting him in a powdered blue suit. <laughs> yeah. What a nightmare. But he doesn't look good in powder yeah. blue. They took him into his glorious black. Black is the best mm-hmm. color. <laughs> Lydia knows. Lydia is the height of fashion in this goddamn movie. She <laughs> is. Uh, all of her outfits. Even when Beetlejuice dresses her. it's Even when she's in her uniform, like, she's still just like, yeah, I'm wearing, like, black lace underneath my floor-length yes, kilt. Yes, and, like, crazy pointy witch boots. Yeah. Yeah, she knows what's up. The golden age of goth girls in movies. They're definitely still ordering all of that stuff from New York. <laughs> There's definitely not a place in Connecticut selling that. Maybe she makes it. Maybe. I feel like she's a thrift store shopper. Like she wants to know someone died wearing wearing this stuff. <laughs> like I want to see their blood stains still on it. Thanks. <laughs> I don't think she's that extreme, but she wasn't happy until she had ghost parents. Ghost parents would make anyone happy. So though. the f- uh, from what I remembered, I thought. Her par- her actual parents, like, abandoned her or something, and she was just adopted by ghost parents. I forgot that her parents actually still live there. I didn't remember that part. Where's her actual mom, though? Because that's her stepmom. Is it her stepmom? Uh, yeah. Yeah, she it's says, mentioned that it's yeah, her stepmom. Yeah, she says so. Okay. Dead, probably. That's happy. Maybe that's why she wears black all the time. And veils. Yeah, I mean, having a presumably dead mom, and then Delilah as your stepmom. It's a good reason to go goth. I mean, I I went goth for less of a reason, which was I am pale and look good in black. Um, she is like, uh, so they go, they buy this house after uh, Adam and Barbara, the couple, um, after they yeah. die, and uh, they, were, they actually they placed an offer on it prior to their death. Oh yeah, um, and then they uh after they buy it uh the 
dad, Charles, he just wants to like live this idyllic country lifestyle at first. Uh, and Delia is just like destroying everything because she wants to be back in New York. And she's crazy. Yes. For helpful reference, Adam, Barbara, Charles, Delia are all intentionally named alphabetically. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, she wants to either go back to New York or bring as much of what she thinks New York is with her. New York is abstract art. <laughs> all of it. And, like, black, like skunk-patterned fuzzy chairs. And, like, just making your house ma- look like it's made of stone. On the inside. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. They did a lot of work in three months. Yeah. They covered... I think the most impressive thing was, like, the railing and banister also looked like it was made of the same material. I'm like, you put a lot of work into that. They put up, like, yeah. fake walls outside. Yeah. Um, we were very concerned for a good chunk of this movie that there would be no business dad, but boy, did Charles come through for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was he was deemed an anti-business dad at the beginning because he just wanted to relax. But... As any good anti-hero, he knew when, when the world needed him to be a business dad. He went full business. <laughs> yeah, because like, I, initially I was kind of impressed, because I'm like, oh, yay, for once, like, the business father isn't kind of the bad guy in this. And he goes like, these people don't understand the value of their homes. We can take the whole town. I'm like, oh, Their property. Dude. Their homes are pretty worthless, but their oh, property. Yeah, sorry, property. Um, And I was like, oh, well, okay, I guess... You know, I can't have sympathy for you anymore. All while wearing a comfy sweater, though. Still relaxing. The sweater later worn by his wife as pants. Her clothing choices. All of her choices. (laughs) I'm gonna wear these gloves as a hat. I mean, if you're eating Cantonese food, you kind of have to. (laughs) They don't have Szechuan. And I like, upon the realization there are actually ghosts here, business dad, being business dad, realizes this. He can make money off of this. It's the first thought he has. I mean, depending on how horrifying it feels to have your body possessed like that, being possessed in such a entertaining manner mm-hmm. might also, similar thought, come to my head. Yeah, one of the best possessions in TV, not TV, in movie. Yeah, that it scene very good. is amazing. Yeah, so good. It was originally not supposed to, uh, the music choice changed to Calypso near the end. Really? Because the whole thing, like, in the first scene, I was so impressed, like, we have very early established that they love listening to Harry Belafonte. Um, and then in the Death Bureau or wherever, the, like, uh, dead bureaucracy, um, they talk about how, like, you, you should stick with what you know and everyone has, like, different abilities or whatever and yeah. and so they get like harry belafonte um related like telekinesis and lip sync powers it's very good it is which are probably the best powers to be like real mm-hmm. here yeah on the tier of ghost powers a plus so this sound the soundtrack of this movie was really good the danny elfman yeah like the opening like there were so many scenes where like, the soundtrack was just perfect. Really captured, like, the mood of what was going on. And, um... Like, they weren't afraid to, like, turn the sound up on on it. Like, sometimes I feel like 
movies can be too afraid to put their soundtrack at the forefront and this movie had no fear yeah it's right up in your face it's very and like it just just like tim burton it's kind of like that danny elfman like pomp thing before it starts to overstay its welcome and it's used kind of perfectly yeah they they knew what scenes to use it for and for how long which was good because like i never i enjoyed it it was good but yeah like it didn't overstay its welcome and it wasn't like it was just it was just right i kind of want to go back to when we were talking about who the main character is uh, I think I think that Lydia, like if you're a child and you're watching this, Lydia is obviously who you identify with. Yes. Uh, so the way I was thinking about Lydia is is um, in uh, I guess I guess like maybe like Goosebumps would be a good example. So like in the Goosebumps books, like oftentimes the the main characters are children, and like the like the locked attic in a new house that you go in and you don't know what's on the other side of the door. Um, that's usually like something like in those books from the perspective of the child is such like an exciting and cool thing. And she kind of takes that role. Uh, Cause like I was thinking about it, if you remove the perspective of the parents and just told the story from the perspective of Lydia, uh, at least until she really gets to know them different, different story or like different framing it was just interesting to think about yeah like she's convinced the house is haunted and no one believes her at first yeah we see a lot of that trope for kids movies where the kid isn't listened to and it gets really irritating when they realize there are ghosts and they still don't listen to her about the ghosts she doesn't want to business the ghosts yeah the ghosts don't want to be business and she tells them like no these ghosts don't want to be they don't want to be demeaned and made into an attraction and she gets ignored. The visual effects budget was just $1 million for this film, which is a major factor in Tim Burton's deciding to uh, to make the effects look tacky and B-movie as possible. Huh. Yeah, they they were pretty B-movie looking, but like still really cool. Yeah. They really just kind of like fit the tone of the movie. Also, apparently at one point, Tim Burton considered Arnold Schwarzenegger for the role of Beetlejuice. That would have been such a different movie. That would have been amazing. What? (laughs) I can't even imagine that. Could he just be in like full Terminator suit? (laughs) Say it three times and I'll be back. (laughs) Jesus. I want that movie. No, never. Oh man, the the guide to being dead. That should not have been material. Yeah, let's yeah. look. So that that is probably on Adam and Barbara. I'm sure they have the ability to make it corporeal and not, and they never read that chapter. <laughs> yeah, like I think I think it actually has more to do with them starting to realize that there are ghosts so they can now see the book. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Because like that's kind of what's explained in the book is like people ignore the supernatural until they don't ignore it. I feel like there should have been a better uh like I'm trying to think of a good word for it. Introduction to being dead. Like maybe somebody comes to your door and kind of goes like, "Oh, why hello there. Welcome to the afterlife." Seems Do you know how many dead people yeah. there are? Do you think do you think they send you a phone app now? But like 
this is the same organization that complains when these newly dead people make mistakes. It's like, well, of course they're going to make mistakes. They just die. Of course, they're the government. Yeah, exactly. There's, it's almost yeah, like exactly. the government. civil servants. They're, they're underfunded, and they don't want to be here. That book should at least be better. Like, they should first get a pamphlet explaining the the bare basics, and then the book should be better written, because, like, they... Several times it's mentioned, like, this book is super technical and hard to read. Yeah. I mean, they have... That costs money. They don't have the money in their department. Also, they have 125 years to read this book. Like, they can, they'll, they'll figure it out. Yeah. But yeah, do you think nowadays they just, like, send you a download link to an app? Or do they still send the, the book? It seems pretty Are you telling me ghosts have phones and internet? Why would they not have phones and Are internet? you telling me that the government gave their department more money so they could develop an app? Not necessarily more money. Think Man, of, I want to... Think of the saved printing costs. I want to go on the ghost internet. Well, like, obviously they... Like, if you die with your phone on you, you have your phone in death. They have 125 years to read the book, so the book probably gets just, like, taken back and given to a new dead person. Mm. It's like a library. I want to go on the ghost internet is the most Shauna sentence I think I've ever heard <laughs> you say. Like, what makes it different from our internet? I'm very it has curious. ghost apps. It has ghost sites. You know those dead links? That's where they go. <laughs> nice. I was trying to get there. <laughs> I stole it. So, you it. Uh, Shauna, you were saying that this movie, like, scarred you? Yep. What what were the things? What were the scenes that caused the existential like realization of death at the age of eight? Um, it was the realization that they could not leave the house. Oh fuck! Like that fucked me up. That there's a possible afterlife where you're condemned to a location. Yeah, that is explored quite well in this as one of the aspects of being a ghost. Yeah, and also this was the first time I'd seen life after death portrayed in any kind of media like i as a like you i've he I heard of heaven and hell and like people die but whatever like that's a vague concept to a child but then this was the first time i actually visually saw it and that just fucked me up i just wanted ghost parents <laughs> they do seem way better than real parents mm -hmm. yeah they have tim burton powers wouldn't you be motivated to do well in school if as a reward you got Floated up and got to have a dance party with ghosts. Yes. And ghost football players dance in the background. I don't know why those football players got to come in the house. Because Lydia made friends with them. They wanted to hang out. They had nowhere to go. <laughs> ghost frat house. Like, <laughs> Janet obviously wanted to get rid of them. Ghost house! <laughs> With ectoplasm, the dean's car. <laughs> uh, you're on double spectral probation. <laughs> Wait, so they can go anywhere, though? Yeah, well, probably. We don't exactly know how they died. Probably on, like, a bus or something. Something that can crash. They were on a series of motorcycles and increasingly smaller sidecars. <laughs> <laughs> Why increasingly smaller sidecars? So, um, there's a thing. Oh, that's a... Uh, yeah. I've seen that somewhere. I can't remember where. 
Um, I just want to say that the town that they live in is like disgustingly cute. Like it's just yeah. awful. There's how often does that dude polish the brass lions outside of the library or whatever the fuck? Like every day. Aggressively cute. They live a they live a disgusting Harrowsmith country life. Yeah, like that barber, A plus. Like that <laughs> that's a real human that exists. He just starts talking and keeps talking despite the guy leaving. Doesn't even notice the guy leaves. Ugh. It just seems like, like a committee of public radio uh, hosts like made that <laughs> town. <laughs> the ghost of Stuart McLean. Did did everybody find like Beetlejuice's like Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice like so disgusting as to be off putting? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was awful. He he's Yeah. Okay. There were times when I was just like, I feel actually a little bit nauseous, like, watching him exist. He was very grody. He was the amalgamation of, like, the worst parts of a person. Yes. Um, I, I, I like that he, like, he is that, but he is also that in universe. Like, everyone is like, he's awful and we hate him. Like, he is, yeah. he is a pervert and I don't want to be around him. Yeah, this movie, like, nobody in this movie tries to paint him as a good person. Like, everybody universally is, he's awful. I think the only person who tolerates him is the minister who is marrying him. And even that's just kind of like, can we, like, get this over with? Yeah, and even then, I think he was just kind of forced into it. He's like one of those uh, Vegas preachers who understands that these weddings are not proper weddings. But they are legal. Like, he didn't seem yep. to really care. Like, I liked him at the end, like, after Beetlejuice got uh, taken away. And he's just standing there with them. Just, like, blank face. <laughs> just, like, kind of chilling. And then he disappears. I mean, this is definitely not the first time that Beetlejuice has summoned him to do this. <laughs> he, he knows Beetlejuice he knows did had a, have a finger with a wedding ring on it. Maybe the preacher had to be, like, summoned away, like... You call him, but then you have to send him away, and he wasn't sent away. He does disappear. Now he's just roaming the earth free. Who knows what he could be up to. The receptionist is Miss Argentina, 1939. So she had been uh, working as a receptionist for 49 years. She's almost done her eternity. <laughs> um. So once again, Tever, you almost nailed your predictions. <laughs> like bridegroom main characters, uh, death involving a car... And um, uh, I think the only one you got wrong is uh, Beetlejuice had a major role, but he did ruin their afterlife. Yeah. Like, even though he didn't show up in chunks of the movie, he still did have, like, a pretty big role. Like, the climax of the movie revolved around him. Who's who's the villain of this movie? Civic service. Capitalism. Civic service. Real estate agents. Sweater pants. I, I think it's Beetlejuice. I I say uh, Beetlejuice is the main antagonist, with the side antagonist being the uh, the parents. I agree with that. I'm just an antagonist on the side. <laughs> or minor antagonist. Would As be parents a, tend to Minor be. <laughs> antagonist would be a better uh, wording for it. But, uh, yeah. Because, like, Beetlejuice is going to marry, like, a 16-year-old girl and is just an awful person in general. Um... Whereas, like, the parents were exceptionally greedy and were going to try to go out of their way to ruin this town. 
but money. Yeah, this is like introducing a foreign apex predator because you have like a pest problem. <laughs> you just don't know what it's going to do to the environment. It's not responsible. That is very apt. I have yeah. I have a rat problem. I'm going to bring in my Velociraptors. <laughs> no, it's fine. We'll bring in a T-Rex later to deal with the Velociraptors. It's been proven. They are incredibly good at dealing with rats. <laughs> yeah, you ever hear about a, a rat problem in the late Jurassic? Nah. But but I, I definitely really agree with Chris's assessment of it. Like, yeah, it's like bringing in an apex predator to deal with a pest problem. Because, like, that. Yeah, that's basically what they did. I have an extended list of people considered for the role of, of Beetlejuice. Oh my god, please. Please. Robin Williams. What? I could Christopher see Christopher Lloyd. Yes, please. Jim Carrey. Mm. Tim yeah. Curry. Ooh. Huh. Tim Curry would have been good. Sexy. Jack Nicholson. <laughs> and and Bill Murray. Wow. Mm-hmm. I I wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, that he was the top of the list there. He was actually yeah. he was given the offer, but he was in the he was in the middle of shooting the Running Man. <laughs> I well, appreciate his sacrifice. The Running Man's an excellent movie. <laughs> it is. I need to watch that one. Go Don't it's... worry, you'll be forced to. Yep. I mean, it's on the list. I mean, I like Arnold action movies, so like. Maybe I'll watch it tonight. You can't, then we can't no. do it for the podcast, and you would be depriving our possible ones of listeners. We have so many movies on the list, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is easily over 200 It's so long. many years worth, it's like five years <laughs> worth of content. Yeah, but we'll do The Running Man tomorrow. It's fine, the listeners don't know when we're recording this, so tomorrow could be any time. <laughs> Fools. <laughs> what do you mean, John? It's Halloween. Ooh, Halloween month. They don't need to know that we record in the amorphous halls of no time. <laughs> we step out of outside of reality to record this podcast. So I'm kind of out of stuff to talk about in regards to this movie. Tepper's Tops! <laughs> uh, you guys have anything else you want to say about this before we move on? Um, I do like at the end, apparently go- dead living relationships are common enough that a book was written about it because the dad is reading a guidebook of how to live with ghosts. Well, no, I think they're the like they're the case study that that book is written on. How does that work? Ghosts. The, they haven't. I, I don't know. I didn't see any details regarding the book. It was it, so it was it was the same book as before, but this was a cohabitation with the living edition of it. Oh, okay. Like the dad made the same joke comment, like, "Wow, this reads like a like a." Yeah, yeah, article. yeah. Like I heard that. I just was I, dude, I couldn't remember what the title of the book was, so I wasn't sure. Yeah, I, I just like in in the world, it's established that sometimes people live with ghosts, and it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Casper exists. Mm. Obviously, the same universe. Beetlejuice cinematic universe. When? <laughs> I mean, Casper is as frightening as. Uh... Adam and Barbara. Uh, there, there, there is a Beetlejuice cinematic universe. I mean, at least there's a TV show that has nothing to do with this movie. Yeah, I think in the TV show, Beetlejuice is a friend. Yeah, he's be- yeah, he's he's friends. He's with basically Lydia. the genie from Aladdin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just like <sighs> her magic sidekick, and he helps her and her friends out. Yep. 
Tepper's Tops. Hot off the air... Wait, no, internet presses. That's the one I want. Hot off the tubes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to put... I'm going to put it in spot number five, knocking Rockadoodle down to six. Ooh. Ooh, right below Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I'm kind of surprised. Why? Uh, I I would have thought you would be more into this movie. I don't know why. Yeah, no, it just didn't didn't connect to me. I was kind of bored through parts of it. Yeah, it makes I sense. It's just it. not your your style. Yeah, like I liked it. Like I like I did like it. I just didn't like love it or anything. He's still just harbor, harboring that grudge against the Tim Burton fan. <laughs> yeah like like i said this guy was it wasn't pleasant to be around for a whole number of reasons beyond that but (laughs) that's a story for another time so where do you place the villain um hmm i think i'm gonna put beetlejuice where van pelt is right now and knock van pelt down to six oh wow oh wow because like He's a really good villain because he sucks. He's an awful person. Like, he is an awful, <laughs> awful, awful person. And, like, the people below him, like, Van Pelt is, you know, we discussed this before. He's, like, kind of like a force of nature, you know, thing from... There, there isn't too much to him. Like, if Van Pelt had more character, I would put... I would keep him above Beetlejuice, but Beetlejuice has more character and is awful. I mean, Van Pelt is in more of his movie than Beetlejuice is. Yeah, that's true. It's it's a good thing we aren't likely to put his name on this um, chart where we keep Tepper's tops, because then we would summon him. <laughs> I mean, it's there twice already. Exactly. Well, once. Yeah, like, I would, like, I'm definitely, this is, like, the villain placement is something I'm going to think about, and next podcast I might change it. Um, I'd have to think it over some more. But for now, that's where I'm going to put him. We might let you. Fairly well established in the movie, though, that you don't have to say his name technically. Because uh, Lydia does not. Lydia says Beetle and then Juice. That's true. And that brings Lydia in for our next round of Who Dies First. Hunger Games. That's that's going to be interesting. We'll to, yeah, we'll, we'll come up with a better name. We, we we get to add a business dad this time, thank God. It's true. What do we call Real estate business dad. Property business dad, ghost business dad. His name is Charles Deed. Yeah, but since when does that matter? I guess we have Mr. <laughs> Parrish. Yeah. Does everyone here call him Charles? Or do we call him ghost business dad? In the future, if you ever refer to him, how would you refer to him? Anti-business dad. Anti-business dad, I think. All right, and where does and where does he go on Tepper's tops, which is a much shorter list uh, of orange and egg dad, for... Mister Parrish, and lady business dad. Um, so this ranking is on how awful these business dad or how business these business people are. So, yes. which means orange and egg dad will be at the top forever. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be impressive if we ever see him move. He's yeah. gonna be hard to beat. Well, it's another Komodo situation, isn't it? I think I'm gonna put uh, where Lady Business Dad is right now. Put him in, and then drop her a rank. That sounds correct. Yeah, just... because he he even learns to be a better father than Mister Parrish does. Yeah, 
Orange and, and egg. He starts off better as well. Orange and egg, dad. Oh my god. <laughs> Get over the death of my wife already. Stop drawing <laughs> unicorns, you little pussy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Drink your orange and egg. I can barely hear my orange and egg over your crying. <laughs> yeah, he was really. <laughs> We didn't have any murder bullies, though. No, no, there was a severe lack of murder bullies, although we did have a magical world, so couldn't escape that. Beetlejuice is almost a murder bully. He's more of a yeah. murder con yeah. man, and he's an adult. <laughs> that never stops bullying. Biff is still a is still a murder bully well into adulthood. He's just a 32-year-old that happens to still go to high school. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I don't think I got anything else left to say. Yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, and with that, it's time for arbitrary ratings. I'm going to give this movie uh, two empty eye sockets out of two eyeballs in your mouth. I'm going to give this movie one very peculiar sculpture out of one other very peculiar sculpture. What are these sculptures? (laughs) (laughs) I give this movie one shrunken head out of one ambiguous dead witch doctor. Um, I'll give this movie one dead football team out of a crash? I don't know. Um, it was alright. <laughs> I just, yeah. Cheater. Uh, I give this movie one goth daughter out of uh, sweater pants. <laughs> can can I change mine to one puff of smoke out of your neck wound? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you. All right, and that's our show. I've been your host, Ivan. I'm Chris. I'm Connor. I'm Shauna. And I'm Tepper. You can find us all on downloadablezebras.com. And a special thanks to 8-Bit Jazz for the use of our theme song. You can find them on YouTube or follow the link in the description. Bye.